You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, I got a listener suggestion for the movie this week. Uh, so a listener contacted me a, a while back, in fact, a, a long while back, and then said that I should uh, watch the Blade movies. And so I, I went ahead and, and got myself a, the first Blade movie. It took me a lot longer than I had expected to go ahead and 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 get to the movie on the list but i I, i'm finally here and i'm finally going to go ahead and give you my take for blade so normally i i will be blatantly honest when i say i i watch a movie so you don't have to but i think this movie you should actually watch i i think it was definitely enjoyable i definitely would say that it was it was something that that i i liked my time but there are some some moments that that I would say are fun, maybe. Well, uh, you you decide for yourself. Anyway, spoiler alert! I'm going to be talking, of course, spoilers about this movie. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and and kind of say that there's one thing that really I thought is what kind of grabbed me the most about it. But it it's a movie that does not apologize for its bad assery. So the entire aesthetic of the movie is just badass, and there's like no apology. The movie's sort of we don't need we don't need you. For example, in the beginning, it, there's really like no explanation. Basically, you you find out that Blade's mom dies and and was bitten by a vampire, and the little baby Blade survives, and and that's about it. And then cut to the next scene where there's like a nightclub full of vampires, and uh, Blade steps in and fights like fifty vampires. So it just kind of like dumps you in the action right away, right? There's no explanation or build-up or anything like that, and I think that's what I kind of appreciate about the movie, and the fact that there was very little explanation, and very little explanation in a good way, because, you know, I think a, a lot of movies, especially when you're talking in, like, sort of the well-trodden genre, such as the vampire movie genre, they have a tendency to just kind of over-explain or have villains that talk a lot or do a lot of kind of unnecessary build-up, whereas this one just, it it jumps right in. So, you know, like, in the very next scene, one of the vampires that uh, Blade was interrupted in the middle of killing starts 
terrorizing a hospital. And, and what's kind of funny is the female lead is having this moment with her ex-boyfriend. And, like, literally the moment is cut off right in the middle of it when the vampire, like, wakes up and, and starts killing her ex-boyfriend. And, and then Blade comes in and saves her. And she's bitten by a vampire. And, and, and Blade just decides to chuck her out a window. I just, you know, I, thinking that there was going to be, like, a romantic interest between her and, and Blade. So I thought... Man, what a what a decent first date. You know, meet the girl the first time and then just chuck her out a window. And you, you know, this is like a five-story window. Uh, you know, and then and then jump there yourself and then, you know, take her to your lair. Uh so, you know, anyways, he he takes her to the lair to, you know, go and uh cure her of being bitten by a vampire and there that's where we meet Chris Christopherson, Blades kind of like Alfred, but it, it's not really an Alfred in the sense that they're living in an abandoned warehouse, and, you know, if Alfred were sort of like the poor man's Kurt Russell, you know, like, you can't afford Kurt Russell, so you get Chris Christopherson, and, you know, he, he's making weapons for Blade, curing people with vampirism, and you like you do when you, you fight vampires. And and so, you know, I yeah, it, it was a fun movie. Definitely, definitely a lot of fun to be had. There were some silly points in the movie. You know, it, uh, like the end of the movie, they're in this ancient temple where they're awakening a dark god. And, of course, the temple was built inexplicably in L.A. Like, this is a temple that was apparently around for thousands of years, a thousand years. I'm not really sure. I mean, it was, it was, it was foretold in a text that looked like it, it should have been out of an Egyptian tomb, right? So if you have this text that's old enough to be back in Egypt, you figure the temple might be, I don't know, the Middle East, Europe, China, maybe somewhere where there's a little bit more ancient civilization. I mean, L.A., I, I, there are some pretty old stuff in, in the Southwest. You know, I'm from New Mexico, so Anasazi ruins, you know, and stuff like that. But just, just nothing ancient vampire culty like i would i would expect if there was this ancient dark god summoning temple it might be somewhere in the middle east uh so yeah why it's in la don't know the answer to that one uh it, you know and <laughs> there's also some other uh, of the speaking of the silly moments there's some other moments in the movie where I, I think it's a product of the 90s so the movie came out in uh 1998 and <laughs> there's a lot of jumping sort of for inexplicable reasons. I'm just gonna jump here and then I'm gonna land in a pose. Or I just killed 50 vampires and now I'm gonna land in another pose. You know, <laughs> you don't necessarily see that uh, <laughs> that posing <laughs> so much in, in movies anymore uh, where for some reason they, they have inexplicably jump and then also like inexplicably land kind of in a, in, in a pose. Uh, so I, I think that's more you know, being a product of the 90s, uh, <laughs> the, the, the pose after he just mows down 50 vampires. Uh, the other, <laughs> the other component to it, there's this one tiny little shot near the end of the movie, uh, when he's fighting the, the big fight at the end and going through all the henchmen that, of course, only attack one at a time. And there's this point where, like, 
<laughs> the henchman is doing these like roundhouses and 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 missing blade, but blade's also doing the roundhouses and missing. I mean, it, it they're not really connecting with their kicks, and so the, it 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 kind of like I like I I even said out loud, "What are they a dance off?" <laughs> like it kind of looked well. I can twirl better than you. No, no, no. I'm a better twirler, and you know <laughs> they they. Look for that shot when you see the movie, because it's kind of funny. It, it takes you out of the moment, like, yeah, they, they must be having a dance competition, okay? If that's how they want to settle their differences, I mean, you know, Blade's a ba badass. Remember that, Blade does not apologize for nothing. If he wants to dance, then Blade's gonna dance, you know what I mean? So, so don't, uh, <laughs> don't make fun of Blade for anything, because that guy, that guy will cut you, you know? Uh... With Blade, you know, because he's Blade. Eh, get it? But, you know, uh, yeah, I I uh, think there is some silliness going on. And, and, you know, as far as the explanation, like I said, there wasn't much explanation. There, you know, there there is a little bit of the, I'm the villain, I want to go ahead and talk at the end kind of stuff. So it didn't necessarily keep that aesthetic throughout the entire movie. But, it, you know, it did have, you know, the, the villain did have his speech at the end and, 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 and whatnot. So there was, you know, moments where it kind of lost that. But, you know, in the beginning, I, I think they did a, a really, like, good job at just, This movie is starting! <laughs> and we're gonna go at 100 miles per hour throughout the entire movie. And if we even get close to having some you know, emotional plot, we're just gonna keep going faster, so, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, uh, interesting in that way, where it, like, literally is non-stop action. Uh, the other things that, that I thought was kind of interesting about the movie was just the time frame that it was made in, so I, I checked online, it was made in 1998, and The Matrix, uh, was 1999, so one year later, it was interesting because there's this point in Blade where he shoots at the main vampire. Oh, oh, God, I, I, I almost forgot this, like, silly moment that <laughs> that was amazing. Like, the vampire is out in the daytime, and Blade just goes, Sunblock! Like, that's the, you know, explanation. The, the vampire's wearing sunscreen. But it's a really funny way in the way that they do it, because even, you know... Once again, it's the badass, unapologetic way of saying he's wearing sunblock. <laughs> Blade just goes, sunblock, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, anyways. Uh, so, back to the, you know, it's made in 1998. Uh, 1999 is when The Matrix came out. There's a scene in Blade where, you know, the main vampire, he's hanging out in the daytime, you know, he wants to convince Blade to join him, you know, like you do when you're villains, and Blade decides that he doesn't want to join, and he expresses his displeasure of of being asked to join the vampire cult by shooting at the villain. And, uh, <laughs> what's kind of funny is that the villain dodges the bullets kind of Matrix-style, almost. He, you know, that big that famous scene where Neo bends backward for the, the bullets kind of whizzing by him as, as they go by, that kind of happens in, in Blade, but it's kind of like a, a, a pre-version, a proto-version, like, 
kind of a badly animated version of that scene. Like, it's obvious, of course, because Blade came out first that the technology wasn't there, but it was almost there. Like, it's a year later and you get the Neo scene, right? Uh, whereas, you know, in fact, the technology might have already been invented by the time Blade was out, but, you know, the obviously the company that, you know, made the Matrix had access to the technology, so they might have been, you know, keeping their closely guarded secret because they wanted to wow and dazzle audiences. So it's kind of interesting. Neo bending backwards to dodge bullets is kind of what we remember as sort of the iconic dodge a bullet scene, whereas, uh, Blade, he dodges bullets, but, you know, uh, the best way to kind of describe how the vampires move fast in Blade is there's no real special effects. They literally just play the, uh, footage on fast forward. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> when a vampire is moving fast, including Blade himself, it's just on fast forward. So it's not necessarily the most, you know, technically dazzling movie. Uh, especially when you compare it to The Matrix, that is only a year later. But it might be a combination of just not having the technology, not having the budget, and stuff like that. But I'd say definitely a fun movie for what it is. And I'd recommend, if you just want, like, a good time and you don't want to think too much, Blade's your choice, man. And also, if you just want <laughs> just a general badass, you know, that just, like, I don't know, just badass things. Like, I bet he probably, like, doesn't use shaving cream or something. You know, like, I don't shave with shaving cream. Because I'm that badass. Nope, don't care about any rash. Or maybe he badass that he parks in, in, in zones where if he don't allow you to park, I park in a handicapped spot because I don't care. That's how badass I am. You're going to give me a ticket? Huh. See, I'm, I'm perfecting my, uh, my, my blade voice. But yeah, so if you just want to see a bunch of vampires die and Wesley Snipes killing them and the poor man's, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you can't afford Kurt Russell, you get this guy and, and just general fun and shenanigans and also be reminded of the nineties, this is your movie. So <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see, you know, <laughs> a great 90s flick, I would, I would recommend picking up Blade. And, uh, thank you so much for suggesting it. So, if any, any of you out there, like, uh, want to suggest the, uh, you know, movies, feel free to suggest, uh, anything, really. You know, like, I, I am, uh, I am definitely down for taking suggestions. I can't promise how quickly I will get, get to them, you know, uh, for me. Uh, it's, it's just, I have a, a list of stuff that I'm, I am viewing. And then, of course, I also have stuff that people have suggested. It's also a matter of access for me of, of trying to, you know, get a hold of the movie. Part of, part of the hold up for Blade was I was, uh, you know, searching for it all, all over, you know, <laughs> the internet. And, and then eventually I went to my local library and there it was. And I was like, oh, Blade, cool. I'm going to go ahead and rent this movie. So, Michael, if you're listening out there, thank you so much for the suggestion of Blade, and uh, keep those suggestions coming. I, you know, I, I, I like hearing from you, so cool. So, Tuners is up next. Alright, thank you all for listening.
Chapter 17 Are you sure it was the cultist's homeworld? Hector said. All the tuners, with the exception of Abby, were around the conference table. I'm sure of it, John said. The two guys I saw had scars on their forehead. They called their leader the High Priest of the Silence. The gravity was tremendous. I could barely move. That explains why they're so strong, Meat Hook said. And sloppy, too, DeAndre said. If you were stronger than other people, then why bother training? Tell me about it, bro, Meat Hook said. Give me a hammer and point me right at him. I see you playing bass all day when you should be practicing, DeAndre smirked. Enough, Hector said. We need a plan to get Abby back. Plan, John said. We should be going there right now. I'm telling you, I could find it again. What can we do? DeAndre said. We can't help her if we can't move. Meadrock is super strong, right? He came from a similar universe. Bruh, Meadrock said. The gravity in my world is strong, but even you'd be able to get around on it. Maybe I can move around in the cultist home world better than you, but swing a hammer? What about Universe 89? Patel said. The technology from 89 far surpasses anything we have on... No, Hector said. Universe 89 is off limits. But I said no and that's final. They all discussed well into the night, but no idea seemed viable. Eventually John got sick of the whole thing and left the room. He said a few things he might regret later, but the discussion was going nowhere and he couldn't understand why they were all sitting around bickering when Abby's life was on the line. There had to be something to help with the higher gravity universes. He went to go visit his dad. His dad was still hooked up to the life support system. The tubes were sticking out of his body. The machines monitor his life signs. It was nothing that he could do and nothing had changed since he last saw him. John wondered if his dad was still in there. A nurse stood in the doorway. He had brown hair and brown eyes. He looked like he was in his thirties. You're lucky he's alive, kiddo. John jumped and looked at the man. Yeah, whatever. I'm not a doctor, but I've seen it before. He lost a lot of blood. There's no telling how long he'll take to recover. He may even not do it at all. Either way, there isn't anything you can do about it, but sitting up here stewing isn't going to help you any. John was surprised by the way the guy talked to him. Usually hospital staff are always like beating around the bush, trying not to hurt his feelings. John wished that people would give him a clear answer and tell him what's going on, even if it was bad news. So how'd you get this gig? I was a tuner like you once. You tuned? Yeah. I only tuned about six months when an explosion damaged my hearing. Most people notice loss, but for a tuner, it was devastating. I could no longer tell the difference between HQ and my own universe. I wanted to stay, so they put me to work cleaning the linens, and I worked my way up. John could see his name. It was Rory, registered nurse. Are most of the staff here tuners? Yeah, a lot. There are universes we recruit staff. The surgeon that worked on your father was recruited from a universe known for their advanced medicine. Give you an idea of what kind of care he received. So how do people get home at the end of the day if you can't tune anymore? Is half my job going to be like bussing people around? Rory laughed. <laughs> well, maybe a person or two really wants to go home, but most of the people here are here for life. In fact, if you do request a transfer home, that's a one-way ticket. We can't risk cultists figuring out the location of this base. You're saying you never leave, John said. Rory laughed again. <laughs> we do get cable in every universe. What job can boast that book? For the first time since John began this awful affair, he laughed. It wasn't a 
large laugh, just a tiny chuckle, but it was enough to lift his spirit somewhat. He might have lost his dad, and now the girl he met, but there's a chance he's going to lose her too, and that he didn't like. So you think he'll make it? John said. I don't know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But one thing's for sure, we spend too much time worrying about the people we can't help over the people we can. John thought about it for a moment. Rory was right. There was someone he could help. Abby. John met up with a Patel in one of the hallways. It was the living quarters area of the evening shift. The rooms would be empty to minimize the risk of a random person walking by. Rumor traveled fast in Tuner's HQ and John hoped to avoid the word getting out. Patel, John said when she got close. She walked up and said, Why are we meeting here? There are plenty of private places where... You know a place like this is nothing truly private. Any plan to save Abby yet? No, there isn't much we can do if we cannot move. What about Universe 89? You heard Hector. But why? What's wrong with Universe 89? That's his home world. It irritated John to hear it. But if there's something that could help us... It can't hurt to take a look at the world. If Hector has some hang-up inside his home, that sounds like his problem, not ours. But we don't know why it's off-limits. If it still exists, I don't see why we can't see for ourselves. Are you suggesting we make an unauthorized tune? All I'm saying is that we leave no solution unexamined. I agree, Patel said. Meet me at Ludi's lab in an hour. Find DeAndre and Mitok. John nodded and walked the other direction. Alright, that was Tuners. Thank you so much for stopping by and thank you so much for your suggestions. Uh, well, you all know how to get a hold of me. I announce it at every show, so yeah, for sure. If anyone wants to get a suggestion to me, by all means, give me suggestions and I'd be happy to put them on my list. I can't exactly promise when I'll be able to get some time to watch the movie, but I'll be happy to take a look. Uh, also, if you are looking for more podcasts, we have plenty of podcasts here. We have Real Paranormal Activity with Aaron Hunter, where he tells you real ghost stories from people just like you. Uh, of course, myself is on Tuesdays, and then you have Terry from Texas with uh, Terry's Mysterious Moments, who he goes into some nice uh, historical hauntings and just general historical weird stuff that happens and then of course sandman's lullaby where you have uh mr patrick sean jones and uh he has some very interesting uh interviews about dreams and also uh, a lot of cool poetry so uh you know I, we're, we're talking lovecraft type poetry you know H.P. Lovecraft, so it's good stuff. That's a Phantom cast, so it comes out kind of whenever it comes out, but usually on Thursdays and usually every other week. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it comes out when it comes out. So, great. Well, thank you so much for listening. And uh, just remember, just be a badass. And then you'll be able to be defeat any vampire that you come across. Word of wisdom of the day. All right, have a good night. Thanks for listening.